Ode to My Last Ten Years of Dating by Michelle Macklem. They don't like each other at first. She thinks he's pretentious and difficult. He thinks she's tedious and lackadaisical. But they gravitate towards each other. They get drunk and are vulnerable. They find they can talk to each other like no one else can. He's there when there's no one else. She's there to talk. He has feelings for her. She feels confused, but hopeful. She has feelings for him. She tells him how she feels. It's terrifying, but it's electric. She doesn't know how he will respond. She doesn't know if he wants to love her or just have somebody. He tells her that there's been something here for a while. He tells her that she is special. They tell their friends. They eat out, dance, ride bikes, stay in, grow together. She feels less lonely. He feels less isolated. They both feel something beyond themselves. He is depressed. She is anxious. He doesn't want to talk about it. Maybe it would just make her feel more alone. She feels more alone anyways when he can't talk to her. He talks to his friends about it instead. She talks to her therapist about it instead. But they start to talk about it. They watch the sun set, then rise. They fuck. It is good. They are happy. She tells him that she loves him. She knows it's a mistake. She knows it's too soon. She does this every time and every time tells herself this one is different. He doesn't know what to say. He leaves and comes back. He decides to say, I love you too. They are less broken together. He wants to write. She wants him to be a writer. She tells him his work is unlike anything she's ever read. That he's brilliant. He tells her the same about her work, although he really thinks it's at times over the top and sappy. She is happy that she is finally being understood by someone. He is happy that she is fixing him. Their friends move in together. They move in together. They have a beautiful bookshelf organized semi-thematically and semi-alphabetically. They warm to each other. She cooks, he cleans. She takes care of him, he listens to her. They talk about their story ideas. He gets her structure, she gets his character's motivations. They debate empathy, trauma, and true crime. They have conversations that they can't have with anyone else about the end of the world, about the death of their parents, about wanting recognition, her, and feeling guilt over things past, him. They fuck more and talk about their desires. Wrapped up in each other's arms, there is nothing else. They tell each other that they have found the one, even though they know that this is just a silly thing that people say. 
but it is the silly thing that they say to each other. She is irritated by his lack of confidence. He is irritated by her enthusiasm. He gets published, she gets promoted, she gets busy, he goes to parties. They reconcile their differences at home. They say they love each other. But she is less magic to him now. He is more difficult to her now. He is hard to reach, makes her feel more alone. He shuts out her eagerness. She cries. He is sorry. He doesn't want to make her feel like this. He had a hard time growing up. She makes space for him to feel those things. She puts things in perspective. She reminds herself that he's brilliant, that it's worth it. She reminds herself that she hasn't felt this way before. He meets someone else. Nothing happens, but it's a reminder that other women are magic too that maybe she's less unique than he had first thought, that she is demanding and asks for a lot. They fight about the ethics of representation, about the end of the world, about his pessimism. He is more well-read than her. She is more well-spoken. He shuts down. She can never win a fight. She feels unintelligent. She feels vapid. He feels sad that they can't connect. But they try. They make up. He holds her face close to his. They become tangled in each other. They fuck. It is better than anything. It is electric. She tells herself that she is happy, that this is enough. They get a dog. They have created a home. There is magic in these moments. Their friends get married. She wonders when they will get married. She tries to bring it up that she wants a kid. He laughs it off. She wonders if he is happier alone without her. He wonders if he is in love with the idea of her. She wonders if this all really has been worth it. Time is ticking. They don't talk about it. They fight. They have the kind of fight where they say things that can never be unsaid. She tells him that his depression brings her down too, that maybe they aren't healthy for each other. He tells her that her work is too forced, that she cares too much what other people think. They stop. They forgive. She thinks this makes them closer. He thinks this makes them further apart. Things are strained. She wants things to change. He wants things to stay the same. She has changed. She is hopeful. He is doubtful. She leaves because there are no other options. She is heartbroken. She is more alone than she has ever felt. 
he is heartbroken too. They want to talk to each other. She tries to talk to him, but he shuts her out. He wants to reach out to her, but worries she will reject him. Now there is separation in place of cohesion. Every song, every movie, every book, everything in the world reminds them of the other. It is difficult to be in the world. She comes to collect her things. It is awkward and terrible and awful. She is sad. He wallows. She takes a new job. He moves away. I wrote this before all of it even started with you. And even though I knew how it would end, I couldn't help myself. Ode to My Last Ten Years of Dating was composed and produced by Michelle Macklem. Michelle Macklem is a radio producer and sound designer and the other half of Constellations. And she's here in the studio with me right now. We're finally together! Yay! (laughs) Not recording these intros in our closet. Yeah, we're together. Hi, Jess. Hi. Hi. Michelle. Hi, friends out there listening. I'm so happy if you've made it to the credits and are bearing with us that you're here and tuning into our little podcast feed. We're releasing Michelle's piece this week, and we thought that because we're in the same place, we would just chat a little bit about it. Yeah. You and I wanted to create Constellations as a space for airing boundary-pushing work, and I don't necessarily mean boundary-pushing in an overtly radio art sort of way, although that is greatly encouraged. Sometimes it's just a matter of pushing boundaries within yourself. Mm -hmm. What is that one boundary that you feel like this piece helped you push? I first wrote this piece in a bit of a fury and a flurry. I wrote it quite quickly. I just finished one relationship and was kind of starting another one. And I was at that point where you can almost zoom out from your life a bit and see relationships as either being this hopeful beginning or this huge catastrophic ending where everything ends. And I don't feel the same way now, so it's a funny piece to revisit. And I've written it like quite a many months back now at this point. But yeah, I think it's boundary pushing for me to get out of a realm that's comfortable. It was very uncomfortable to make. It is very uncomfortable that it exists in some way. I'm sure in the future I'll have further thoughts on it. But I think it's important sometimes to just release work and then be able to have a conversation about it and grow from having those conversations. Thanks for tuning in to Constellations. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jess. And next episode will be in two weeks. Until Until then, stay stay starry-eared friends.